right. Hello, All-Star listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Veterinary Roundtable presented by All-Star Veterinary Clinic, the podcast where we answer your veterinary-related questions while having some fun along the way. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. And if you have any feedback to offer to improve the Veterinary Roundtable, let us know. Speaking of reviews, let's read what Skyly had to say about the podcast. So I'm so happy that I finally, I sound like a song. So <laughs> I'm so happy. Okay, sorry. We were singing before the podcast. The right song on here? Go for it. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too, too sexy, sexy for my shirt. shirt. Too sexy. <laughs> it hurts. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I am so happy that I finally found All-Star Veterinary Clinic after moving to Westfield and trying out two other vets. They just weren't the right fit. I found you all and everyone there went above and beyond for us. The podcast is amazing and really gives people confidence to advocate for their pets. It's a great way for people to ask questions and to get educated and informed answers. Plus, you're all just funny and entertaining. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> all right. So reviews really help us. Please write reviews. We really love, one, reading them, but two, it um, boosts the algorithm. So write reviews, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm. They really help. Yeah, they do. Okay. Next, we have to mention Chowder Cone Cold. <laughs> It is a book written by our own Dr. Kristen Pulse and our own registered veterinary technician, Josie Ellis. Mm -hmm. And Josie did all the pictures. There they are. Abby, thank you. Yes. Abby's in here. Abby's in the book. Abby is in the book. And these guys did a fantastic job writing a story. Be prepared. There's going to be more chowder stories to come. Yes, right. Here I am. There's Abby. There's Abby. Look at that. That's amazing. So you can buy it on Amazon. Go check it out. It's a great story to read, kids. Um, It talks about, you know, basically a veterinary visit. It's also a number one bestseller. Number one bestseller. In our category. In our category. Children's veterinary book. That's right. Number one, baby. Number one. (laughs) Okay, awesome. How's everybody doing today? Good. I had a big old coffee. You're good after your psych music. Yes, we, we had a great time before this. We really needed that. I I think you really needed the tunnel. I did. Well, it's technically my day off, but I'm glad I'm here. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. It's been a good day. It's been a good morning. Good. That's great. Yeah. Um, On today's episode, we have myself, registered veterinary technician, Bailey Murray, um, room assistant, Abby DePew, another room assistant, Nikki Skronik, and our co-host, which she's lovely, Dr. Emily King. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody's doing good today, so... Let's just keep it rolling with keep the good it rolling. vibes. All right. With the good vibes. Guess the dog breed. Okay. I'm going to ask you guys. In... Yes, sir. Let each of them answer and then you tell them the right answer. Okay. Let each of them answer and then tell them the right guesses. answer. I'm ready. Do you guys have the answers? I, no. I've no. read through that. Okay. I'm ready for. In my mind. I'm ready All right. to read them. Okay. I got it. All right, so we, instead of icebreakers, are going to do guess the dog breed. All right, are you guys ready? Yes. Okay. I'm compact, yet muscular. I'm related to Australia's famous wild dog, the dingo. Dingo baby. I'm a resilient (laughs) herder, and I'm an intelligent, this sounds like I'm reading about Abby. I'm a resilient herder and am intelligent enough to outsmart my owner. Standing, I'm usually between 17 and 20 inches at the shoulder. I'm born with a white coat that turns either blue-gray or red. 
Both coat colors may feature distinctive modeling or speckling patterns. I have an immense work drive at Excel. We'll accept this part. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I find myself so funny. And Excel <laughs> controlling, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Who needs to guess? We just need to read this and laugh. Okay. Of course, moving livestock. I have boundless energy and a supple gait. <laughs> supple? Did you write this, Aronson? <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, with a supple gait. Okay. Dang, she got them curves. <laughs> supple gait. Uh, making funny. me an excellent running partner. I am loyal, famously smart, tenacious, ever alert, and may be wary of strangers. What dog breed am I? Oh, gosh. I can't. I'm so stuck You're actually crying yes, right I'm now. I'm laughing so oh. hard. Oh, my gosh. Okay, what, what breed? Australian cattle dog. Okay. What's your guess, Abby? I just want to put for the record, I'm not good at breeds, so but I'm going to say blue healer. Oh, that's okay. a good, one. good guess. Australian cattle dog is all I can okay. think of. Australian cattle dog. Blue I could healer. see where blue healer would fit yes. into that. It's the speckling. Aren't they the same? Blue gray. Pretty much. Red. Yeah. Okay, good. I feel better. They like the but color of it. Shout so out to smart. blue green. Best blue healer in the world. All right. Next breed. I have a famously long, low silhouette, ever alert expression, and a bold, vivacious personality. I come in two sizes and a three. Are you reading about yourself this time? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh right when you got to that. Vivacious. Okay. Personality. I come in two sizes and in three coat types of various colors and patterns. I can be a standard size, usually 16 to 32 pounds, a miniature, 11 pounds or under, and come in one of three coat types, smooth, wired hair, or long haired. I'm not built for distance running, leaping, or strenuous swimming, but otherwise, I'm game for anything. I'm smart and vigilant with a big dog bark. I make a fine watchdog. What dog breed am I? Dachshund. Dachshound. Dachshund. Yes, ma'am. You guys are all correct. Way to go. I'm just wondering who has a 32-pound dachshund is my question. But they are. Not... The standard dachshunds are big. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they big are. Big wiener. Yes. <laughs> okay, moving on quickly. <laughs> I'm large... <laughs> Thickly coated and an immensely powerful working dog breed. Working dog bred to deter <laughs> bred to deter sheep stealing wolves and other predators on snowy mountaintops. I'm a mellow companion and a vigilant guardian of home and family. I'm a big, immensely strong mountain dog standing as high as 32 inches at the shoulder and often tipping the scales at more than 100 pounds. I'm a steadfast guardian that exhibits a zen-like calm, but can quickly spring into action and move with grace and speed to meet a threat. I have a lush weatherproof coat that's all white or white with markings of beautiful shades of gray, tan, reddish brown, or badger. What dog breed am I? Can we do it all together? Sure, if y'all know it. I know think it? it's one that we don't see very often here. Oh, so what? I'm between two. My first thought was the Great Pyrenees, but my second thought is a Morena sheepdog, but Ooh. I know that they really only come in white. Okay. And Piers normally are only white, but they do they have do markings. They do have, like, markings. Yeah, I was going to so. say Great Pyrenees. Yeah. Great Pyrenees is what I'm All correct for. again. Wonderful. Yeah, Maremas so are weird. Smart. Maremas are very weird. What are you saying? Marema? Uh, it's Marema. a Maremma sheepdog. They're you've, Italian. You've met the patients. Oh, okay. Um, you yeah. know Mac and Ollie? They're mm. really naughty ones. Italian. They're Italian. Got it. In the mountains, the mountains, protecting oh, the, the mountains sheep. of Italy. Italy. <laughs> All right, <laughs> on to case collections. Yay! Who wants to start? 
I guess I can start. Mine's not that. Nikki's got a it's in depth paper. Fascinating. I mean, it can be fascinating, but it's just like an alert to just be careful because oh, this can I like also the public service this work. can also happen to us as humans. But it's just to be careful. You All just right. never know. Okay. So we had a new client, a new patient. He is a ten year old cat named Chester, sweetest boy ever. He's a little bit of a pushover with his sweetness, but I would rather deal with a sweet cat than an angry cat. You know. Yep. Um. So he presented with a very squinty left eye, super sensitive to light. Um. Owner knows exactly what happened, and he let us know that the night before, he was giving Chester a bath with some antifungal, antimicrobial shampoo and accidentally managed to get some of the suds into his left eye. His right eye was completely fine, unaffected, no suds gotten there. Mm. So Dr. Jones, being the great doctor that she is, wanted to practice gold standard medicine and make sure that we did some diagnostics before prescribing any medication. So we did a fluorescein stain um, and his cornea um actually under that black light lit up to covering 50 percent plus of his cornea being scratched or possibly covered in some type of wound um so what dr jones decided to do was start treatment with afloxacin which is an antibiotic drop and then ivet gel which is like preservative tears so keeping the eye super lubricated but it was significant so we're gonna see him again for a recheck here next week and then we'll probably go from there as far as like treatments next step goes just because it was so bad um but just a psa to be aware that just like with humans, if we get shampoo in our eyes, it's super painful and not fun and could cause an ulcer. That also can happen in pets and it's not fun. So that's mm. all. Yeah. I wonder how many wow. ulcers I've had gone undiagnosed for yep. my eyes. Because yep. I got a lot of like head and shoulder shampoo in my eye as a child. So that's not good. I feel like that's a problem. Well, there you go. Well, you are wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hey, hey. Listen. <laughs> we all are. Right what are you now? trying to say? <laughs> You guys, this is up your head. Chemical burns are a real thing. So mm-hmm. with the ulcers, yes, yep. it's a common thing because the dogs won't be like shampoo or cats. Shampoo, you know. Yeah. Did he have to wear a cone or anything? Mm-mm. He okay. wasn't going after it, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you could tell it was really bothering him. You can't put if you are a person who likes to bathe your cat. You can do like a. Um, you can do. <laughs> I, don't know I ain't bathing that. my cats. Um, but um. If you're, you know, if you're going to do that, you can use artificial tear ointment, which you can buy over the counter. Yeah. You could put that in the eyes prior to, to in and dog's eyes prior to bathing them. And oh, then is that like our, protect their eye. our optimum? Not optimum, just that artificial eye. tears. Yeah. Just artificial Ar- tears, but the ointment because it's more yep. right. occlusive. They also, fun fact, I watch a groomer on YouTube and she grooms like long haired cats. And when they're really mean, she'll put a bubble on them. On oh, face. I love those things. Those are my so favorite. It's, like, literally, it's literally like a hamster ball. They look like they're an astronaut. And that's how she and you can put them. them on. You can put so, them on pugs yeah. and bulldogs and yep. all the naughty breeds. So just a thought, if you give your pet baths. And Pop humans. a little bubble on them. There you go. <laughs> I think we should totally use it on humans. Yep, babies. Let's do it. We don't need any babies. Have you seen how they take baby x-rays? They like stick them in oh, a tube. Yeah, and they're just like sitting in this little clear tube and they're like, I'm a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a baby stuck in a tube. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Sorry, that just made me. It did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Abby, what's your case? That was a great case. Um, yeah, good case. Yeah. I don't know how to follow up with that because you had all kinds of medications and things i had all the information um so same thing we have not same thing new patient new client um charlie he's nine months old he was bernadoodle 
is Bernadoodle, sorry. Um, he actually presented for excessive drooling. He had just been drooling all over himself. Um, Dad said before he got there, he was pretty lethargic. Once he got in the building, I mean, he's nine months old. He was happy as can be. But I went to love on him and he was soaked. Like his paws were all wet and everything. He was still a little drooly in the room, but happy. Um, so come to find out... <laughs> The owner's son found the dog outside near a dead toad. So um, Mm -hmm. toads can be poisonous to dogs, sometimes deadly. Um, The one that we're thinking, the son took a picture of the frog, and I might be pronouncing this wrong. It's a pickerel frog or toad. Um, It's really common in this area, um, southern area too. Um, But he may have licked it. And just caused excessive drooling because they can secrete um, um, toxins. Yeah, toxins that can be poisonous. But um, we sent him home. I mean, he got some serenia, so anti-nausea, some fluids. A couple days later, I texted dad and he's back to normal, doing just fine. Yay! But definitely a closer eye um, in the yard. Them toads. Them toads are coming out, guys. Be careful. There are. There's a lot of them out right now. What you can do, too, if that happens at home, you can rinse their mouth out with milk. Mm -hmm. Ooh. And that usually fixes the problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you just rinse their mouth out. Yeah. As long as you rinse their mouth out, you're good. And be careful with those wasps and bees and Mm -hmm. fireflies even, but they're not out very often right now. You know what? And while we're on that, check your dog for ticks when they come inside. Oh, yeah. It's been terrible this year. I'm sure other... In between those toes, Mm -hmm. those ears, everywhere. Yeah, good job, Charlie. Well, actually, not good job for licking the toad, but good job for feeling better. Yes, that's awesome. (laughs) And good job, owners, for taking a picture of what they thought. Yes. And bringing him in. Yeah. Pictures help always. Absolutely. Always. My case. Bailey, what's your case? This happened about a month ago, um, but we saw her. She's a three year old spayed female. Um, I want to say she was like a Bernadoodle type of dog like a shepherdy Bernadoodle type of dog. Um, and she ate a whole bottle of Vet's Best Comfort Calm pills. <laughs> oh, yes. I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> Within like a two-hour span. That so, was presented as an emergency, right? Yeah, yes. it was presented as an emergency because sure. we didn't know when she ate them. We didn't know how many she ate. And we don't know like anything else. We The owners basically found like a chewed up bottle, figured she ate the whole thing, and then called us immediately. But she could have eaten them in a two-hour span. So they called us at like noon and we got her in. Um, and so the active ingredient in those is 5-hydroxy-tryptophan, um, which is like the sedative portion of it. Um, but she came in lateral, lethargic, and urinating on herself. And those mm-hmm. are kind of your presenting things for marijuana ingestion or even just like sedation ingestions, really. They just lose control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but on um, exam, Dr. McDivitt found she was tachycardic. Um, she responded to stimulation. And then they also ran blood work just to make sure, you know, no or- organs were being uh, affected. Know, yeah, yeah, affected. Um, and so her blood work came back good, which is what we like to good. see because we can always get them back to normal pretty quickly if that happens um she was hyperthermic though so we were really concerned about that so we started getting our temperature down started bolusing fluids um ice packs alcohol on the paws everything that we could and then um overnight she she stayed overnight with us because she was still lateral lethargic and she she started to get better towards the end of the day but we wanted to make sure that she was gonna make a full recovery by the next morning um, but we kept her on IV fluids. We had a technician stay overnight with her just to make sure that her neurologic state was still good. Um, 
And then they also gave her Clever, which is like a vomiting. It's a that's the brand name of it. It's a vomiting drop um, that you put in their the eye drops. Yeah, mm-hmm. in their eyes, and it the makes owners? them vomit. Um, no, uh, we did. We did. Yeah, okay, I was yep. like, wow. The and so <laughs> we gave her that just because if she did ingest something within the thirty minute window that we had, because they said that the latest would have been eleven thirty that she could have ingested. It. So mm-hmm. we were like, let's see if we can get some of it out, and mm-hmm. if not, all of it. Um, so we gave her that, but she was still kind of uptunded and lethargic. And then the next morning she got better. She was eating. She walked outside by herself. She was doing great. So she made a full recovery. And from what I know, she's doing well. She came in a couple of weeks ago for an eye problem. So (laughs) otherwise she's doing great. So hopefully. It's like she ate 20 turkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She just needed it after Thanksgiving now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll get you. Exactly, but she took a she took a good nap with some fluids and yeah, she was hilarious, but she was totally out Out of it. it. Dang, you said she was three. Yeah, she's three. Her name's Gus. I like that. Her name is Gus. That's so cute. I like that. We always kept Boy, misgendering Gus her. We tried our best. Gus the girl. My case is Dudley's case, actually, which is, I, I don't remember how old he was, but it's a Rottweiler, four, I think he was like three or four, four-year-old Rottweiler um, that came in for squinting. Mm-hmm. And so he presented for squinting yeah. and um, Dr. Dudley did a full exam on him and her ophthalmic, her ophthalmic exam revealed that he had... Um, uh, entropion, so he was rolling his eyes in um, because he was painful. Um, she did not see anything else on a eye exam. Um, and so, oh, she also did a Shermer tears test, which showed that he had dry eye, a little bit of dry eye. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> she sent him home with medication, um, Optimune, to fix the dry eye or to address the dry eye. And then uh, the owner called back, or we called to check on him, I think, the next day. Or she called in to tell us about how he was doing the next day. And he was actually getting worse. Now he was bumping into things. And so they were seeing symptoms of blindness, which we did not see 24 hours prior. So Dr. Dudley did send him to the ophthalmologist. And then Dr. Davis, who's one of our local ophthalmologists, diagnosed him with retinal detachment, bilateral retinal detachment, and granulomas involving his retinas. And the most common thing that will – and then anterior uveitis. And the most common thing that will cause that is – either is infectious disease. So blastomycosis, which is a fungal disease um, or tick-borne disease. So she did submit panels and we found that he was positive for blasto and he was also positive for Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Yeah. So he is on currently on antifungals and doxycycline to treat the tick-borne disease and um, is improving. But unfortunately, blasto and blindness like usually we don't see recovery so the pet typically stays blind how um, rare is that rocky mountain spotted fever in indiana we do not see it very often i, I think, think we so. looked up dr faust looked up how many cases we've had since i can't remember when it was only like mm-hmm. 208 oh, i mean wow. i guess we don't see it very often wow. at all no. so no, i remember for that, that appointment yeah because they came in on emergency because mom was like his he's down in the back end he's got eyes he doesn't want to open his eyes it's been for 24 hours oh. so when dudley um prescribed like diagnosed him with dry we were like oh emergency dry but then i didn't know about the follow-up portion yeah. so that's yeah yeah poor guy so wow very interesting and he hadn't traveled anywhere so blasto is typically a southern disease like we see it in warmer wetter climates and so um yeah very interesting case wow wow very quick that is. too yeah yeah goodness very hopefully he makes a full recovery because yeah. i do love him he's a good patient yeah that's good his family's a good family yeah. as well 
All right. Great mm-hmm. cases. So um, before we jump into listener questions, we wanted to provide an update on the question we received for episode 31, where we had an in-depth discussion on Addison's disease. And um, Bailey, do you want to read this? You I can, can if you want. I will. Um, so this is from the owner, um, an owner who had a pet with um, Addison's disease and had this question. So yeah, go for it. Um, so the owner says, I hope this email is okay to send in regards to the veterinary roundtable as I wanted to provide some updates. Um, I finally got around to listening to the podcast from January 13th regarding Addison's disease. It was actually my question. Username on TikTok was um, Logan Elise uh, 21. So I thought I'd give some answers, um, even though it's been a while. You all were completely correct with the poodle mix identification. Ember May is now a year and a half um, old Burmese mountain and poodle mix, which is wow. Bernadoodles. Uh, she went ahead and attached a photo, and it's super cute. How cute Ooh, she is! Look at Ember. She, she looks more poodly. She yeah. does look more poodly. She's very cute. Um, but she has Addison. So Ember was around six months of age when she got spayed with a full blood panel, no significant indicators for worry. When approximately three weeks later, I came home from work, and she had been sick in her crate, which is not normal for her. The <laughs> I don't even know what a number. Hundred thousand millionth percent anxiety-driven dog. Yep. Yes. Lots of driven anxiety. Um, Dog mom and me knew this was not good as she refused all food, dry dog food, wet dog food, treats, and human food, which, oh, that's a big Mm no-no. Better start worrying more. And at approximately 10 10 p.m., I rushed her to the ER vet freaking out. They diagnosed her just as the normal upset GI tract and gave her some fluids along with Serenia, um, the injectable Serenia. And the next day, I noticed she wasn't getting better. My normal vet called, and I immediately got her in for... More fluids and serenia, and that's when my vet told me about how here recently poodles tend to have a higher risk of getting Addison's, and she wanted to knock that of the knock that off the list of possibilities as soon as possible. I guess I could count myself lucky as I had a great vet who was aware and wanted to test for the right away for for the uh, Addison's right away, especially since it is a great imitation disease. Three days later, and the truth was given to me that my puppy was officially diagnosed as an atypical Addisonian puppy. Uh, my world crashed it down a little bit uh, because I didn't know what that would mean. It scared me to death. But today I'm so lucky because I'm fighting, finding out more and more info from amazing vets like you and all you all and others. Ember is thriving and is almost at her one-year diagnosis anniversary. She is still atypical and only required prednisone as of now. But I just really wanted to thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to spread awareness of this disease. From your Ohio fans, Logan Pearson and Ember May. Oh, so cute. Ember May. Very cute. Very cool. We love that. Great name. Addisonian can be scary. It can be very scary. Great imitator is what we call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is one of the true emergencies that we have. We don't have very many, but that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Very scary. Wow. Okay, very cool. Thank you, Logan, for the update. That's yeah. always fun to find out what's happened with patients yep. when we have we those questions. All right, you want to go on to our next I listener can. question? Okay. You go, so our listener question for today is um, from DJ, and she says, Hello, my name is DJ. I'm a veterinary student at UC Davis and a listener of the podcast, which I should mention is very hysterical. We're so funny. <laughs> I know. I love it that people think we're funny. Okay. We think we're funny. I'm trying to build my clinical acumen and I would like I would love to hear your perspective on what your go-to first line of treatment is for canine atopic dermatitis. I've worked in several practices and the doctors waffle on what the first line of treatment should be. Uh side point or apoquil. Assuming owner compliance, what would be your first choice? 
It really and depends on the patient mm-hmm. and the well, owner. and their age, right? So, yeah. um, Cytopoint can be used on Save. any age, you know, basically any age mm-hmm. dog. But Apoquil can only be used on dogs one year or older. Mm-hmm. So, if it's a puppy, then we don't really have a choice. Right. Right. We're going to be using Cytopoint. Right. Yeah. If it's Apoquil, then I mean, if it's over a year old, then I'd say the reason why you see waffling amongst the veterinarians could be for several reasons. So one may be pricing. Mm -hmm. So the larger the dog, the more expensive the product's going to be Mm -hmm. when you compare Apoquil to Cytopoint. Mm -hmm. So if you have a small dog, like under 10 pounds, it might be more reasonable for the owner to use Cytopoint than Apoquil. So you might see a veterinarian choose Cytopoint versus Apoquil. You might see them choose Cytopoint because they don't like tablets. Right, right. Because they don't like injectable, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. then an injectable is an easy thing to do. Yeah. Owner compliance might be the other reason. So the owner can't, isn't, is traveling and they, yeah. do, you know, their mom's watching the dog. And mm-hmm. so they don't want to make their mom give tablets. Again, another reason, side of point. Yeah. Taking all those variables off the table, I will always start in a dog over one with Apoquil. And the reason that I start with Apoquil first is that it's going to block five cytokines versus a side of point only blocking one. So um, I will start with Apoquil because I know I'm blocking all of them. And then um, I will then potentially move a dog to Cytopoint based on its response to Apoquil if the Cytopoint is going to be cheaper for the owner. Now, the Cytopoint, we will, people who use Cytopoint will also have Apoquil in their Mm-hmm. medicine cabinet at home because you will have rescue you want to have apical mm-hmm. to rescue the dog yep. when the side of point wears off because we all know that's going to be on a sunday <laughs> or a holiday mm-hmm. or something when it's they start tearing their hair out you know? right it's gonna, like when you can't get in can't get in they're going to be tearing their hair out so you want something that you can give the dog when your side of point wears off so huh. then you have some people who you know side of point right is immunotherapy it's not drug therapy mm-hmm. so for some people if they want a more holistic approach if you will then antibody therapy or immunotherapy might be a better choice for them versus drug therapy and i think that's one of the main reasons why dr jones opts to use cytopoint is Mm -hmm. if they're on medications if they have you know prior known health Mm -hmm. issues that sometimes she just wants to err on the side of safety so yeah my kid is on cytopoint and it lasts her a long time but i'm I'm leaning more towards Apoquil because her seasonal allergies seem to be getting a little bit worse. Um, like do a side point injection, prop like keep going with Apoquil if we need to. But we haven't discussed that with the doctor yet, so we're just gonna see how our side point works. And there are times it. where we have to use them together. It, yeah. it doesn't yeah. happen very often at no. But there are times where we have to use them together. Yeah, I've only seen like one. Uh, yeah. Of and yeah. she's she's a hefty lady. Okay. She's she's <laughs> about hundred pounds. Don't say that about her. I, mean, I would say the other reason too would be like if you're giving side point, which you can use every four, four weeks. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I think the research shows that. Every sequential injection, you typically should get longer, and there are percentages, longer time between mm-hmm. injections. And by the third one, oh, I'm going to quote wrong, but 60 to 70% of the patients should be able to be controlled at every three months. But you have patients that can't be. So then yeah. you're using it every four <laughs> we weeks, in which case it's not, in my opinion, it's not cost effective to do something yeah. like that. Right. Unless you have a patient who just can't yeah. take the tablets, you can't get the tablets yeah. in them, they're not going to take them, whatever yeah, the reason mine- is. Maggie, she's on Cytopoint, but it lasts her, it depends really, but like spring, four to six weeks, winter, like fall is when she gets really bad seasonally. Mm-hmm. Then it's about like, it could really last her two months in the fall, which is weird to me because in yeah. the spring it lasts her shorter, but in this fall, like it lasts longer. So it's weird. But So I think to the listener's question, yeah. 
there really isn't a right or wrong. A right or wrong. Now, what I will tell you is the fact that you're using Cytopoint or you're seeing veterinarians use Cytopoint or Apoquel, that should be the first line of treatment. You should not be mm-hmm. using steroids and then saying, okay, if steroids don't work, then I'll then, pull out Apoquel or yeah. Cytopoint. That is old medicine. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be doing that. We definitely need to be using one of these two products to address seasonal allergies right off the bat. Right. Yeah, get that dog stop itching. Yep. Because owners get really frustrated, right, Mm -hmm. over time. So if, you know, if you're not fixing, you really ideally want to try and fix their problem the first go around. Mm -hmm. They're going to spend less money, even though Apicol or Cytopoint might be more expensive, they're going to spend less money. So versus treating them with something less expensive and then seeing if it works, it's not good medicine. In my opinion, there are a few things steroids are needed for and from a dermatologic standpoint you know, immune mediated mm-hmm. disease. There are some things that we mm-hmm. need to use them for, but see, if we're talking about a topic dermatitis, you do not need them. Um, and so you really should be using one of these two products as a first line. Yeah. So, and it just makes more sense. Cause the, yep. stop the itch. Fewer side effects. Stop them from yeah. causing self trauma and move yeah. on with it. Yeah. Figure out the problem once you get to the point where you need to, but it's just seasonal when you guys see us use those products and you guys are the ones making the calls to check on the patients Mm -hmm. what do you hear from the clients um on rechecks yeah you know callbacks feedback is always either they're doing really well yes i've Mm -hmm. noticed like in a week they're doing well Mm -hmm. or yes less chewing at the paws maybe still a little itchy here Mm -hmm. so it it's really back and forth and, and it depends on like, what they're using too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like you said, if it's Apoquil and they're not getting the tablets down, obviously That's it's not going right. to work. Um, but yeah, for the most part, if you're doing something for your pet, then hopefully yeah. they're going to improve. Right. I mean, but, I find that it does definitely improve in most cases when we're checking in. I mean, obviously you'll have the oddball where it's like, Maybe we do need to treat that with a little bit of a, you know, steroid yeah. or an anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to look for Something possible, yeah, yeah, bacteria, further diagnostics, things like that. But even when they come in for seasonal allergies, like they're licking at their feet or something, we always do skin cytologies. Yep. I know you guys right. are always doing skin cytologies oh, yeah. or ear cytologies or something it's been like that. Bad this year yep. too. To help, really it has been bad. really bad. We've done a lot of cytopoint this year. A lot um, of cytologies. But for then they check for bacteria before we even do anything else. So we might even just do Cytopoint and an antibiotic just mm-hmm. to help with that. So a lot Based of the time on. when they check in, they've already been treating the infection plus the itch is gone. So then they're not causing more infection on top. I right. will say so though that, that sometimes well. some owners will decline that, like decline Cytopoint or Apoquil because there is an infection present. They think maybe they don't need that to break mm-hmm. the itch cycle, but mm-hmm. you do. You do. Yes, you Otherwise do. Otherwise, you're on a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you're going up and down. Yeah, That's you're right. going up and down. You know, because the allergies and the way the allergies work, they break down the cytokines, get released when the animal is exposed to the antigens, mm-hmm. and then you have a breakdown in the skin barrier. And then those normal bacteria and the yeast that live on the skin become opportunistic. So you have to stop the cytokine release. That's what these products now, Apoquil and Cytopoint will not, if you have a secondary you know, invaders, it's not going to address those. You have to address those Mm -hmm. in order to get the patient, you know, to a a steady management state. But 
any seasonal allergy is management to your point of your dog. You can't, it's not, we're not curing these patients, mm-hmm. we're managing them. And I think that's the most important thing to understand for those owners to understand the expectation that this is a management disease. We aren't going to fix them and then you move on. And it's mm-hmm. not like a one shot mm-hmm. cures it. It's right. one shot and then we'll see how you're doing in four weeks, six weeks. Right. Yeah. It's kind of another like shot and keep going. People or, too. Or, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Allergies, there's no Let me tell cure. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Been through it. It's a n- very neat topic. It's very yeah. interesting. And I, the co- the companies have done a really good job of giving us products that, mm-hmm. because I'm old, I we initially practiced with none of these drugs. And, you know, uh, what we would see with these, these yeah, what pets, were you doing? prednisone. Yeah. And then you, you cause oh, more like yeah. secondary cushions. Oh, just maybe? like a Cushing's mm-hmm. or... You know, uh, weakening of tendons and ligaments because they're on chronic steroids. But I mean, you don't have a choice in some of them, you know, I mean, and then you didn't have the medicine. And then Atopica came out, which was the first, which is a cyclosporine compound, which then gave us some relief from steroids, but had a little bit harsher side effect profile from like a vomiting perspective mm-hmm. yeah. then you know then apoquil and cytopoint came out and it's been a game changer i will oh, say yeah. they need to make game changers for cats my cat's still taking they're working on it they're i know and it. i'm excited well, it's just like the new um, canine osteoarthritis drug yep. coming out i'm so yep. excited for more cat research to be done and more cat products to be out because yeah. atopica is not fun to give your cat no i wish not. i could do an injection <laughs> yeah like silencia yep injectables mm-hmm. are great for love cats they are we love the injection all right well thank you so much for that question oh. dj and yeah. um you know keep up the good work out there it's in uc a- davis yeah, yeah. 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 you got this um all right everybody thank you so much for turning into another tuning turning whatever turn the page tune in to another episode of the veterinary roundtable <laughs> remember send in those questions and be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at all-star veterinary clinic if you enjoyed this episode or a previous episode leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice Myself and this vivacious crew. Vivacious. See you in a few weeks for the next episode of the Veterinary Roundtable. You had a note on that. I did. One note. That was beautiful. Yay.